back to the newest episode of the Inside Columbia Basketball Podcast. As you know, each week we sit down with different members of the men's and women's basketball programs, go through recent games, take a look at what's coming up, and go behind the scenes with the Lions. I'm your co-host, Mike Kowalski. This week we have Gabe Stefanini and Patrick Tepe from the men's basketball team. Uh, no women's this week. Uh, Kyle will be doing a feature video for Senior Weekend, so uh, go to GoColumbiaLions.com to check that out. So, uh, guys... Thanks for, uh, for coming back. You made it through the first podcast, and we're happy to have you back again. Thanks. Glad to be back. Thanks. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. It's a little bit of adjustment. Pat, you, I mean, you you were here with Pete last time, so you should be, yeah, you should be used to sharing the spotlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Last weekend, I want to touch on, uh, obviously, getting a, a big road split for you guys. Winning at the Pluster is not an easy thing to do. Uh, and being able to do that in overtime, uh, what did that say about the character uh, of your team? And I'll start with you, Gabe. Um, I think it showed a lot that even through all the ups and downs that we went through this season, we still have fight in us, and we're not going to go down without a fight. We're going to try to play every game as hard as we can and try to, and try to win every game. You know, play from the first tap to the last second, and we're not going to give up till it's done. You know, Pat, was it, was it nice to kind of get that monkey off your back we talked about the Binghamton win early in the year, but you know there was a long Ivy League road losing streak. So, uh, what does it mean to kind of be able to get over the hump, uh, especially at Penn? Yeah, I mean it was huge because I guess over these past you know two or three years we've lost a ton of road games by <clears throat> maybe like five or less points. So I think this is a big step in where we really showed our resiliency and proved that we can win close games even at you know the defending champs um, home court. And it was a really good feeling because it just proves to us we can play with anybody. And um, yeah, that's like what I took away from it. And then the next night against Princeton, uh, you guys started out strong. Did you guys kind of just run out of gas in that second half? What kind of happened where they got were able to pull away in the second? Uh, I think that Princeton just got really physical with us, and you know, a couple of calls that you know kind of shook us a little bit. You know, we the other thing is just like I think yeah, we just got a little tired. The shots started, you know, rimming out. We weren't really, I don't know, flowing with the with the game, so I think we just kind of let down there and they just started making a lot of shots, going to the rim, and uh, I don't know, they just, yeah, we didn't, we didn't sit back though, we, we, we kept fighting and, you know, we start, started pressing, kept pressing to the last second, and, you know, that's just gonna have our mentality throughout the, these four, four next games. Pat, I don't know if it was just me paying more attention this weekend, but it looked like the Penn-Princeton games were more physical, especially in the post, than the other games. Would you say that's accurate, or is it about what the rest of the games have been like, too? Um, yeah, I'd say it's pretty accurate. I'd say that um, AJ Bordor and I forgot his name, Rich, Richmond and Riverguzzo, they're pretty, uh, two pretty physical players. Like I know in the, in the Princeton game, he got four fouls in like playing like, playing like 10 minutes. That just proved, you know, testament to the physicality of the game. I think that... Um, yeah, I think it means it was it was pretty fun though. I feel like uh, playing against those players is definitely um, great, you know, because it, it really feels like a challenge, like a physical from, from a physical standpoint. And um, but yeah, I'd say that uh, they're like those two teams are probably the most physical teams in the Ivy League. So yeah, does it, does it get a little bit easier for you year to year? Like, what's it like doing this as a junior compared to what it was like for you as a <laughs> freshman? Um, well, the biggest adjustment is just. I guess like feeling comfortable and just knowing. I also like now that I played with, uh, you know, most of my teammates for two or three years now. We just we built like a lot of chemistry together. So that's the main thing. That's um, the difference from freshman year. I feel like freshman year I was kind of just trying to to find my way, and now everything just feels more natural. So I think that's the biggest difference um, over the years. 
it's almost like, you know, Gabe, you can touch on this too. As you go to year to year, you you don't have to worry as much about the offense and your defensive principles. You can kind of worry about what's going on within the game more than trying to figure things out. What do you right. think about that? Yeah, definitely. I remember last year I was trying to figure out a lot of the offense, like, you know, scouting every week and, like, you know, different teams. So that was kind of like the freshman struggle that, like, you know, I'm trying to help Mark and Ike a lot with it. And which because it's not easy, you know, in our league especially, we run a lot of rough, a lot of sets, a lot of offense that every team plays, and you know, try to study matchups and you know, go at guys. So it, it's tough. But I think the biggest transition for me was definitely like now I just gotta read the game and like you know, make more in in game decisions instead of you know, oh, I got I'm, instead of like you know, just deciding beforehand what I have to do. And Gabe, you know, you've had to transition to point guard. It's been well documented right. and everything like that. Uh, when Mike first got hurt, it looked like you were looking to get teammates involved a lot and your offense kind of struggled a little bit. Yeah. Then the offense came back, and now I think last weekend you were able to put it together. Right. So talk about your development there and how much, you know, how that's how the transition's gone for you. Right. I, I've just been trying, you know, help my team my team win every way possible. It's It's been a pretty rough transition because, you know, Mike t took a lot of weight off of, like, you know, everybody who made his ball handling and his great coordination and his pointer skills. So I'm looking forward to play with him again next year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, for this year, it's just, you know, I don't know. I just try to play my hardest. And, like, you know, Coach Angles really helped me trying to, like, you know, go through this process, you know, and coach all the assistant coaches, like, you know, trying to, like, you know, in practice tell me, oh, you got to read this, read that, see that man is helping, you know. So that I think I I was able to listen like, you know, and make the best out of this transition from shooting like a point guard these past few weeks. Pat, you've kind of been the recipient of a lot of those good passes. <laughs> so what's it been like playing with Gabe at the point position? Uh, it's been great. I think that, um, yeah, definitely it's a little different from playing with Mike. <laughs> Last year I feel like Mike, uh, you know, he's a super dynamic player. And, um, you know, he makes a lot of uh, great reasons at the game. I think playing with Gabe, I think he's uh, his focus has been kind of like more uh, like facilitating um, as a role. And I think that I've been a recipient, yeah, definitely of uh, a lot more Lots come my way, and I've tried to make the most of it. But yeah, it's been great playing with Gabe. He's made, he's made a great um, transition, and I think he's he's still like getting better every day. Uh, one more thing on the the pen game. <coughs> You're making me do work this week <laughs> because I cannot find the last Columbia player that had 20 points and 10 assists in a game. <laughs> so I have a student worker currently in my archive room right now, looking up the last time that happened. And obviously, the biggest assist was the game winner right. on Maka. So walk us through that last inbounds play, <laughs> what you were looking for, and how that play developed. Right. So. I was, at first, the play was run for Q, for if he can come up the screen set from Pat and, like, you know, being able to get a wide open shot. But they were guarding it really well, and my defender jumped on the passing, and then I was looking for Pat on the slip after the screen, but they were they, they took that away too, because they put the, I think Rodor was guarding on the inbounds. And so, like, that left the middle of the paint open for my, for me to see the court, and Pete cut first, and I saw him, but like, I, I wasn't really sure about the pass, because I, I think uh, he had the... Uh, Goodman or someone else on him, and then I saw Maka that just cut really right at maybe the fourth second of yeah. it, and then I just threw it to him, and he, and he was able to make a play uh, even if he got hurt. It's crazy <laughs> to hear you describe that because all that has to happen in a five-second yeah. count. Yeah. And it, it like was it slow motion for you, or did you, did you have that internal clock in your head? What was going uh, through? I was just kind of like not trying to rush it, like you know, just throw the ball out of bounds because we are trying to value every possession right now. That's what we're really focusing on. Because each and every other of our games that we've lost by so many points, so many close games that we're really valuing every possession like it's gold right now. And um, 
So it was kind of like just came natural. I just feel like that had to happen, you know. And Maka had a, made a great cut, and we made the shot. Let's look ahead to this weekend. One more road weekend going to Brown and Yale. Um, five o'clock start on Friday. How does that affect you guys, especially with the travel and everything like that? Does that take a little bit of adjustment to get the body going or and mentally get ready, Pat? Um, I guess it's a little different. Um, I guess like. Tomorrow, or no, we're leaving Thursday, Thursday afternoon. So um, we should have enough time, you know, to rest and recuperate. From the, those bus rides can be kind of brutal at times. But um, it's actually probably nice having an earlier start because I guess, like, you know, by the time around, like, 7 or 8, when we usually start, we're kind of, like, tired and sleepy, to be honest. Like, our, our, our day is pretty, start pretty early. We have, you know, scout and just uh, practice and, like, um, walkthroughs going through all day. So by the time the game starts at 8, it's pretty late. So I think 5 is probably a better start for us. I think we'll probably be more um, fresh and, like, rejuvenated for the game. And also, we won't get to the hotel at like yeah. 1 or 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it'll, be, uh, it'll be different for sure. I mean, you get more t re time to rest for right. Yale the next night, yeah. too, so that, that can only help. Um, let's go. What did you guys, what are you guys working on this week? Uh, adjustments from the first games against Yale and Brown heading into this road weekend? Uh, we haven't really talked about it as mu uh, that much yet. Coach, I think, is still studying on like, you know, different ways and strategies to. As uh, successful as we can as we can be, so we'll probably tomorrow we're gonna s start doing the scout on uh, Brown and mm -hmm. see what we wanna do from there. What sticks out to you from those two games that, that you can remember? You know, as uh, we're moving forward. Well, I guess in, in going through film yesterday, um, coach put a little like clip uh, sequence together. It was like mostly like our passing uh, in the Brown game because they did a lot of like trapping and double teaming. And and they're pretty active defensively, so we realize that you know we have to make crisp and sharp passes, you know, accurate passes to make sure that shooters get open or um, cutters because you know they can close out pretty quickly, and we need to make sure that our passing is um, on, on target and precise because last game we had some bad passes where players weren't able to shoot, and it kind of took away and slowed down our offense. So that's what we're focusing on uh, these next couple games. Mm -hmm. Anything else to add, add Gabe, to look forward to this weekend? I mean, they're both very athletic teams for the team, especially like teams in the Ivy. So we just got to be sharp, you know, not rush anything, and like you know, get the best shot that we can do, and make them defend. All right. Well, we're gonna move into rapid fire again. We guys have done this before. We got some new questions for you. Um, we'll go. We'll go back and forth. Uh, so, last week I introduced this question to CJ. If you could have dinner with any three people, who would they be? And I'll start with you, Pat. In the world. Yeah. Let's, okay. Um, I'd say number one, or first person would be probably uh, ASAP Rocky. <laughs> um, yeah, he's my favorite um, artist. He's just like a really cool guy. He's he's very inspirational to me. I listen to his music every day. All, all my teammates know that. Um, I play him in the locker room like, yeah. like all the time. <laughs> and uh, second would probably be um, Cam Newton. He's one of my like favorite athletes. He's uh, he's currently the quarterback for the Panthers. That's my favorite NFL team uh, from Charlotte. So. Uh, you probably second. People say I kind of look like him too. So, <laughs> <laughs> and third might be um, I'll have to go with uh, Obama. I feel yeah. like he's yeah he's just um, an incredible you know hero of mine. He also went here undergrad, so I like, really look up to him. And um, he just seems like a really interesting guy to have conversations with. I'd love to ask him a ton of questions. So uh, those be my three. Okay. How about you, Gabe? Um, I say one would be Kobe because I always you know grew up watching him. Was one of my favorite players ever, um, and if I another play, I love Steve Nash. I, yeah. I used to watch so many videos of him coming off ball screens, giving from one side and for every time. So I used to study those with my dad all day. And the third, staying always on basketball, I say Magic Johnson. Okay, 
Good answer. Stick in the basketball. Uh, Gabe, we'll stick with you. Uh, the best vacation you've ever been on? Um, Maldives. I was uh, my dad. We had went with a bunch of friends, like a yacht, and we stayed there for a week. It was amazing. I was I was like eight years old. <laughs> I still remember stuff from it, so it was crazy. Still remember the swim. How about you? Um, I probably have to go with uh, me and my sisters took a trip to Florida last summer, and we were just hanging out in Miami, just you know enjoying South Beach and um. And my cousin goes to FIU Dunno, so we're just hanging out with him. And yeah, it was a good time. I think Coach Engels has an underrated sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's the funniest thing he said to you or a teammate during a practice or a game? Wow. Oh, my God. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, wow. Like sometimes yeah. like it's just funny when he yells at you. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be, it'd be hard to like bring it. You have to be. It's like a certain like you know. It's like a yeah, circumstantial like humor. It's yeah, like exactly. you have to know. I don't know if I can replicate yeah, like situations. <laughs> like he'll say something. You you're pretty sure he's joking, yeah, but you're not you're quite not really sure. Might be serious. All right, we'll we'll leave that one alone. Yeah. You guys out of trouble. I don't want any extra wind sprints or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> what's been your favorite class at Columbia? I'd probably say my um, urban studies seminar. Um, that, that's my current major, and like, uh, it was just really interesting for me to just because I've been I've always been interested in um, you know the the built environment and the urban world. So to learn more about you know different global cities and how they interact with each other and their um, policies and structure, I think was pretty interesting for me. I found out a lot that I didn't didn't know, and um, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was my best class so far. I think mine is like. I'm in an advanced Italian literature class that I really, I'm really enjoying as well, mainly because I can study authors from like the past in, in Italy. And that some of them I already knew, but I never was able to like, you know, really study them, focusing a lot on the details and everything. I just, I'm really enjoying that class. Okay. Do you know what you want to major in yet, Gabe? Um, I was thinking about psychology with a concentration in business. Nice. Well, that, that does it. You made it through uh, <laughs> another podcast. We'll do it again probably next year. We'll do the seniors next week. But uh, thanks so much for the time. Good luck this weekend. Uh, we'll be, be looking forward to these games against Brown and Yale. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks, thanks for having, for having us. us. Great. So once again, the women's final two games are at home this weekend against Brown and Yale. Both 7 p.m. starts on SNY and ESPN+. Saturday night is a senior night, so make sure to get to Levian early to check out the festivities. Tickets can be purchased for those games and the remaining men's home contest by visiting www.gocolumbialions.com slash tickets or calling 888-LIONS-11. The men face the same opponents on the road this weekend. Friday night's tilt against Brown will be shown live on ESPNU at 5 p.m. Saturday night, the Lions and Bulldogs meet up at 7 p.m. on ESPN+. If you haven't already signed up for ESPN+, visit www.espnplus.com. Subscriptions start as low as $4.99 per month or $49.99 annually. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.